This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Back at it before we get to the panel and more topics worthy of discussion. I just wanted to reference a nice email I got from uh, Cindy the other day. And she talked about going to the Harbor 60 Steakhouse with a friend and name dropped. Said, uh, John Oakley sent me. She said it was a fantastic evening from driving to parking to getting set out at a table. Had the seafood tower for one, enough for two. Had the Chilean sea bass and my friend had the ribeye. Had doggy bag to go. Nice bag, she writes. Uh, she doesn't mention the wine list. This is one of the most extensive wine lists you'll find anywhere. And uh, she says the experience was priceless. It is one of those special places. So how do you say joy to the world? You take the world to Harbor 60 Steakhouse over Christmas or into the New Year and enjoy because that's, of course, the operative thing. They make sure that your time there is the best you've ever had anywhere. And whether it's a game, a concert, right across the street at the Scotiabank Arena, the Harbor 60 Steakhouse, make it part of your plans during this holiday season. She thanks me for speaking so highly of Harbor 60. Well, Cindy, I thank you for speaking so highly and helping me in that regard. The Harbor 60 Steakhouse in the historic and iconic Toronto Harbor Commission building, right at the uh, foot of Bay Street at Harbor, just south of the Scotiabank Arena. Let me get back into the panel here with Sherry DeNovo, John Capobianco, and Michael Giles. Earlier today, I was talking to a gentleman from Oshawa, GM uh, retired auto worker, who was saying it uh, is next to criminal that the uh, folks at GM have pulled up stakes. You know, the last vehicle rolled off the line on Wednesday. This truck, by the way, that's up for auction, and I think they've raised over $120,000 for local charities based on uh, what somebody's willing to pay for this truck. So somebody from GM told me. Uh, he told me a lot of things saying, you know, that some of these workers are going to be uh, given jobs in other fields, and uh, GM is trying to facilitate that. $150,000 lump sum payout, voucher for a new vehicle, uh, defined benefit pension plan continues in perpetuity, all the rest of their benefits. And I thought that's a pretty good shake. Uh, although then I was told or disabused of that earlier today by the retired GM worker who said not everybody qualifies, and he was advocating for something called uh, the uh, Green Jobs for Oshawa, saying that the assembly plant has the productive capacity to uh, install a publicly owned electric vehicle operation. Publicly owned. Michael Giles, let me start with you. I mean... Publicly owned, and I said to him, you're talking about nationalizing an industry. He went, yep. Uh, does this have any merit? I, I'm reluctant, to, uh, and, and this may surprise me, I'm reluctant to have the public sector go where the private sector can deliver better. And, you know, we have a lot of electric car companies. You know, you have you know these Tesla and all these other things, GM's doing it, BMW, everybody's doing it. You have a lot of these private sector companies, and I just wonder the wisdom of having the public sector go in and, and basically create or re, reinvent the wheel, so to speak, in, in its car, reinvent the wheel and start, uh, you know, basically operating a, a company where they're going to compete against uh, companies like Tesla and everything else. And I don't think that, I, I just don't think it's a wise route for the for the government to go. You know, the reality is if, if that plant was as attractive in terms of, you know, being a, a, an electric vehicle manufacturing site, you would probably have had private sector interest already and would probably have seized upon it. So I just I, I just don't think that that's some, a rule for the government. We can do all sorts of things to encourage uh, somebody to consider that, a private sector, but I don't think it's something the government How should about run. you, Sherry? You think the government ought to be involved in this and maintain jobs and uh, all the rest? Hey, uh, we're already involved. We gave them GM something like $11 billion, and they they walked with it. Um, I mean, uh, and I heard your interview, John, and I have to say kudos. You were 
were very measured, and I thought it was really a, a good interview. Uh, and absolutely, he's got a point. Um, uh, and I think, uh, and he also has a point about, you know, why didn't the union really back them up on this? I mean, the, here you've got a plant. It's going to be sitting idle. You've got 5,000 people out of work, and the economic ramifications of that are going to be huge. Government's going to pay for that one way or the other. Um, they're going to pay for that because you know, very, very small percentage of them walked away with a, a good package. Most of them did not. Most of them are going to be out there looking for work and not be able to find it. So it's going to cost us money. Why don't we try to recoup that money is the way I would look at it and actually get this up and running. I mean, um, and there is a demand uh, and it could be put to, to work. And what the worst case scenario is we're not going to lose $11 billion like we did with right, GM. But this is a government run <laughs> operation. So you're in favor of the government being involved, a, a national automotive uh, company. Well, just like Volkswagen and others. I mean, many good com- you know, governments have, have gone into the uh, into the automotive building uh, business, you know, so time and time again, and could, an could optimistic work? success. You're optimistic that could work in Canada. I, and especially if the workers themselves are involved in, in what that looks like. I mean, it's some sort bureaucrat from Ottawa, no, but the workers themselves who have been doing it for a long time. A I mean, co-op. It, a co-op. Well, <laughs> it works. I mean, I, I, you know, one of the best cyclist shops in Toronto is a co- workers co-op, you okay. know. So, I mean, it, it can work, and it has worked for governments to do that. But look at the LCBO. It makes the government a whole lot of money. So, um, so, We're talking I mean, about it, a manufacturing you know. plant. All right. Uh, and so John Capobianco, I mean, Sherry's in favor. Uh, Michael Giles has his reservations. Publicly owned electric vehicle operate. Publicly yeah. owned automotive. You won't be surprised to hear that I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually not not in not in agreement with Sherry on this one at all. But I I just think government involvement in anything uh, in any business related thing is a bad thing, and it turns out to be even worse uh, as it goes along. I, I think government's responsibility and the fact that GM had to close is a tragedy in and of itself. And I know that it's been something that has been talked about for a number of years, and GM has been trying to uh, evolve and resolve those issues with governments over the course of the last little while. And and Sherry's right about governments giving money to some of these places, and 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 a lot of these places, a lot of these companies actually paid back the government, uh, the uh, the loans that they received, both in the U.S. and in Canada. So they were actually some some of assistance in that regard. And I'm not a big fan of corporate welfare, but corporate welfare where you can actually assist and get jobs to be to be sustained, I think, is important. In this case, you know, the government tried to do the best they can, and even the unions and GM to try to make sure that every worker, if they could, got some package to some sort of relief and a lot. A lot of them were the ones that were on retirement age are the ones that I worry about the most because they can't find jobs. The, the younger ones might be able to find other other work. Right, but you think um, again? This is just a simple question. Uh, government is going to own the state is going to own the means of production. To me, that's the definition of socialism. It is. It, and, it absolutely it should not have ha- should not happen. Okay. Uh, here's something I'll throw you the curve then because I know uh, you're big on the environment, Sherry DeNovo. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this frontier project, uh, the oil sands project, and uh, John Wilkinson, who's the, the environment minister federally, is really in a bind here because, you know, they've got all these stated emissions uh, targets to meet in 2030, the Paris Accord, 2050, zero carbon economy. Uh, and now you've got this big project from tech resources that would uh, derive about $70 billion in tax revenue, thousands of well-paying jobs 
does the government then sanction this project to go ahead or uh, because they got emissions things that they've got to adhere to? Well, not only the government should be skeptical of this, but international banking is skeptical of this. I mean, to invest in the fossil fuel industry, and remember, we already subsidize it hugely as Canadians. It comes out of every one of our tax dollars. We're all subsidizing fossil 70 fuels. $70 billion in tax yeah, but revenue. I, first of all, the, the figures are, are very questionable when a bank doesn't, you know, when a bank doesn't want to do it, and we've got international banks that are you know, pulling back from this, um, when you've got an indi- when you've got a province that's completely invested in one one source of mm. ec- and, and and Alberta should have learned their lesson, you know, diversify. I mean, and anybody should know well, it's this. It's like saying Oshawa to get out of the car business. Well, they should it's get into resource. the green car business. They should <laughs> diversify. Um, so again, you know, and, and absolutely, climate change is the major threat um, to to our. We've got ten to twelve years to turn this around, and I and I think you know you don't get seventy five thousand people on the and and ninety eight percent of scientists saying we better do something. Something mm. um, uh, and uh, we better do something. Um, and well, we're not. Got a lot of so, folks in Alberta yeah. saying you better do something. Uh, we need the jobs. We need the revenue. Uh, our economy mm. depends on this. More jobs in a green economy. Well, okay. This is not a green project. The Frontier Oil Sands project should it be green lit by the government? It should absolutely. It should. We we actually have to have we have to have this thing happening in Alberta because quite frankly, and Sherry, the, the thing is, it's we're talking about a natural resource. We're not talking about the province of Alberta sustaining themselves based on producing wind and they can get off widgets and maybe make something else because widgets are going off off track. We're talking about something that is is grown and, and, and of substance for them that they've lived on for the last number of uh, centuries. But So I, I think that if the government, this is where the government always falls uh, in, in conflict, the Liberals especially, which is to say that they, they prove themselves to be, want themselves to be environmentalist and environment-friendly and want to meet all these, all these targets, but yet they've got a huge problem in the West, and that's why they didn't win one seat in Alberta, John, because they've had, they, can't, they can't square this, this round peg and and that's the problem for them. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.